Hi everybody, I'm Jason Davis of the Nerd Brand Podcast, the branding and marketing from a nerd's point of view, where we talk about, well, branding and marketing. So we do this on Anchor.fm. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I don't know. Uh, maybe that's a part of some other franchise chain that escapes my memory at the moment. But it was the exact same logo mark. <laughs> and I was like, oh. There's that's nothing new under the sun. Yeah. So lots of things hit the fan. <laughs> <laughs> And I was crazy like, crazy world yeah. of branding. Yeah, I was like, somebody didn't just Google. <laughs> <laughs> Step one in brand establishment: Google it, see if it's already there. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, <laughs> happy Friday, everybody! Welcome to the Nerd Brand Podcast. We're back. I'm Jason. That's Mitch. That's John. And we welcome back Diana Richardson from Sunrush. Hey. <laughs> so, John, you had a question about that you uh, you put in there, just a kind of a thought question um, that you you put in under the Netflix for the brand bit. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was, I really thought it was interesting when I read it. I'll let you kind of read it and ask it and we'll get everybody's kind of opinion on it. Yeah. I can't remember the guy's name. It's from Twitter and it kind of started a a debate and a thread and I thought it was an interesting one because well I'll just put it out there it's it's basically if you're a startup is it valuable to make your brand appear bigger or uh, more prominent more expert than it genuinely is or is that a detriment and I think the the setup again was kind of like you know there's a potential detriment and, and an expectation setting that maybe you can't deliver on if you if you create this perception that your your startup is more capable than it actually is but on the other side as marketers you know we're we're constantly engaged in in the term that i'm familiar with is puffery like we're we're <laughs> puffing ourselves up we're puffing the brand up it may not be 100 percent genuine but we're staying on the other side of the line from fraud <laughs> and <laughs> that's a very thin line um but i just kind of wanted to pitch that out there especially as a startup is it is it a good position to take to put yourself in a in a role where you appear bigger with your marketing than you actually are behind the scenes i don't, don't yeah i i think that any inauthenticity will come to light at some point i also feel like people these days really love a startup. They love, they've been there. They love the underdog and they love watching a a business or a brand grow. And there's nothing wrong with being a startup and being small. That is how every business literally started. (laughs) Like Apple was not just born Apple. (laughs) Like it took forever. And so I feel like if you fluff it up, if you, uh, you know, it, it can come off egotistical or it can come off like you are I already know I'm this good and I'm going to achieve that as opposed to connecting with the audience and like building it up together. I think that is a stronger way to truly grow than faking it. 
I mean, I've always said that the, the one thing the internet has brought has brought to the forefront is people have the ability to 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 they have the ability to find out the truth because they have access to information in a way that they about brands and brand competitors and all that they never had before. So at, to your point, I think the danger is if you overextend the message about what you're actually capable of, people are going to find out because people do their homework now. They have a venue, they have, a, they have an avenue now to, to find out about you in a way they didn't before. Back in the old days, you, yeah, you could puff yourself up pretty, you know, with a certain level of confidence that, you know, how, you know, how, how are people gonna know any better? Well, now they got the internet and people, people have always complained more about a bad experience and they've trumpeted the good experiences. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they, if there's ever been a place they do it, it's on the internet or it's on social media. So uh, all I would say, just, you know, be careful, be careful about what you say about yourself. If you say you're capable of doing something, you darn well be able to be able to back it up to a reasonable, to a reasonable expectation. Yeah. And then I wonder too, like if you've fluffed yourself up in the very beginning, like what do you say about yourself when you've actually achieved that goal? Because now it's not, you know, thinking in the future, what is your marketing message going to be? Because you've already said it. And now yeah. we've finally reached that threshold. So now what do you say now? Now you got to so, puff yourself up again. <laughs> that's just well, a vicious I, cycle, I think. <laughs> well, Diana, to your point, people, people like an under, people love an underdog. I think people so. love to cheer for an underdog and people like what's new. I mean, if, the, if there's something else the internet has proven, people jump on new things. Um, you have an advantage as a startup of being in that new thing. Take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Leverage that. There's, if, if your brand is, is solid enough, if, the, if there's enough there there about what your brand has to offer, you got plenty to crow about without having to make, make stuff up. Now, if that's not the case, you've got a bad business model or something like that, all the puffery in the world is not going to solve that problem. I mean, you, you may see a short-term game, but again, people are going to find out the truth. People are going to complain and squawk and you know, they're going to cut your legs out from under you. I think so. Yeah. Take advantage of being the new kid. Take take advantage of what that brings to the table. I think there is an advantage. Like, you know, you're talking about what I would call the honeymoon period and and you do have a a certain amount of time to sort of take uh, calculated risks, you know, in that honeymoon period, when the honeymoon period's over, you can't take those risks anymore. Uh, And I mean, big risks. I don't mean like, you know, ventures and things, but um, it just kind of made me think of uh, over-promising and under-delivering. And that's, that's really what you got to watch for. If you really think you're going to under-deliver and you promised really big, you just got to back away. Don't do it. Uh, Just find a, instead, find somebody for that person that can do it and just be that referral, Uh, whether it's passed through or whatever happens, commission on that, just step away and, and do the, be honorable about that. Um, and there's a lot of honor in that. Like if you are the customer and you, you know, you're seeking this person out and they say, look, like that's just out of our scope right now, but here's this awesome, this other awesome business. Like there's a lot of genuineness and respect that comes from doing something like that for a customer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've had people ask us like, you know, can you do app development? And I'm like a hard no, or no, we don't do that. Um, you know, the, we have, we have who we have on our team and what the skills that they have. That, that's really what we primarily go after, what we primarily promise and do um, within reason. Is that in the future plans for you guys? 
Um, I, I can tell you, I got, I got my foot into that a little bit at some places that I worked at in the past. You have a lot of developers on staff and you have a really good head developer. That's the guy that's going to build that thing with you. Um, you know, so, or gal today, cause I've met some women that are very savvy with that. Um, and you know, if you have that development team and you understand, understand the software cycle being agile and testing and also testing it too, while it's probably out in the real world live, whether it's beta users, this is whole, it's just a completely different animal than from advertising that we're in. So I would have, it would be just another business in my opinion too. Um, and then do you do software subscriptions with it or is it a web-based app? Is it a mobile app? Like, you know, and then how do you do the research on that to make sure that it's working well? testing it, you know, so you have to have a UX person, somebody that really understands real UX. Um, so yeah, it's something that if we ever got into, sure, it'd probably be lucrative to do, but the infrastructure I would need, the the people I would have to hire, geez, OP, like I'd have to- <laughs> I'm not, I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we no, just it, don't it, have the ability. <laughs> Yeah, it, I mean, to your point, it requires it requires so much infrastructure. You, I, I would say it's that's having having a division of a company that if you're a marketing company or an advertising company, agency, you'd have to be large enough that you could afford to have that separate kind of division. I would, if you're going to do it, if you're going to do it right, because you have to devote so many resources to doing it to 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 do it well. Yeah, because a lot of agencies outsource uh, web development, and there's nothing wrong with that because there's so many out there. But, um, you know, when you get into app development, that's not something you want to outsource and continue to have as an outsource. You really want that person there because you need to, the, the amount of meetings you need to have to test new product that's developed, it, it really needs to have that team. I mean, I worked at a place that was pretty small and, but they were in a niche. I won't say who or what, but they were in a niche. So it was very easy for them to create new product for service for these folks. And, and yeah, they built websites, but that was sort of kind of like an a la carte thing. It's like, oh yeah, you got this thing, but you get a website on top of it to help advertise it. And this is like many, many years ago. And, uh, but their development team would constantly test and retest and build and roll code. Like they would just Red Bull the crap out of, you know, several two nights a week just to get through the week <laughs> whenever they were rolling new product. That's why I'm like, ah, man, and you got to pay somebody well to do that. That's not going to be, you know, 15 min minimum, whatever that wage is going to end up being an hour. That's not that you're looking at close to six figures for somebody to do that and run that. Well, and you know, you need someone who knows what the heck they're doing. And that's, that takes time and experience. So <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, when somebody comes to us, they want a custom WordPress site. I've been building themes for probably 10 years now or more. And um, I don't hang my hat on it because, you know, WordPress, you can get a WordPress theme from anywhere, which is a lot of the reasons why I'm still around because I'm fixing those problems with, you know, an actual custom theme because they bought one on a, you know, marketplace and it's bloated and it's breaking down and they're about a bad hosting solution. There's all this, it's all kinds of drama. And, uh, you know, so trying to build a solution that fits and a theme that just doesn't have all these whizzy bangs that you don't need. You know, that's what I do. You know, I, I build the button you clicked inside WordPress. That's that's what I do. I don't uh, buy the theme and lay out the pages. There's a big difference. A lot of people hear WordPress developer. They think, oh, you bought a theme. You put my content on it. You built my pages out for me. Yeah, you're a WordPress dev. No, not really. That's not. <laughs> <Like> developer. <laughs> yeah, if you've never opened up core, 
<laughs> and read it and looked at it, read the comments, made your own WordPress function like I have, which I don't do that anymore because there's so many now, um, you know, then no, I'm sorry. That's not a qualification of my opinion. <laughs> But yeah, um, but anyways, with e-commerce, yeah, you know, you kind of want to take these things into consideration because it's still a website, regardless of what you're doing with it, even if you're selling product online. Um, I think we had a lot of really good points. I will definitely have um, fun editing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> I always feel slightly bad because <laughs> I feel like I give the editors like more work than they already have. <laughs> that, that, that's how, that's, that's how our, our podcast works. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's a feature, it's a feature, not a, not yeah. a problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, we had somebody, we, we ran into somebody that was a guest on our show last night and he's like, yeah, your podcast, you know, you kind of let me be a person. <laughs> and I really didn't know how to take that. It's just Mitch, me and this other guy, but then I, I really, I kind of sat there and I was like, I mean, it's a compliment. And obviously I was, I was like, Oh, thank you. But yeah, we want you to be a person, you know, it's not an interview on the show. It's kind of like, it's a discussion that hopefully in the discussion that you can take something away and use. So, yeah. and, and that's really the goal of the show because there's a lot of marketing shows. There's a lot of other rant places like that one and everything, and they're good shows. Um, and, and I wanted to do something very different with this one. So um, <laughs> very pleased that you could be a part of that, Diana, be on that and join us. So in the that. I am too. This is so much fun. I look forward to hanging out with you guys every time. So, <laughs> well, hopefully we'll be uh, talking about like seeing more things happen because I know that as movie theaters open up, you're going to see more in cinema advertising. You're going to see more shows, more stuff happening. People are going to be going to movies. So, you know, uh, I don't know, and this is just kind of tacked on to the end here. I don't know if anybody's seen episode one and two of Loki. <laughs> nope. Seen one. I haven't seen two yet. You guys got to check it out. <laughs> I've just been binging Handmaid's Tale and Wings, so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I needed the, the Wings was balancing the Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> okay. You got the light with the heavy. Woo. Handmaid's Tale was very heavy this season. <laughs> uh, but Loki is, I'm, I, I'm pretty interested to see what happens because we've talked about the streaming wars before, but I'm kind of yeah. curious to see what happens once Loki's kind of done shtick, like what's next? Because I don't know of any other shows that Disney Plus is going to be putting out because everything's well, shifted to cinematic. And I just read very bum news that they're not making a season two of WandaVision. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I guess that it. makes sense though because... I mean, everybody, yeah. everybody here, okay, if I say something about the ending? <laughs> well, the audience may not be. But. Well, audience, we'll do a countdown. Yeah. If, if, you, if you haven't been to the end yet, then you, you have 10 seconds to disengage. 10, 9, 8, <clears throat> 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2. Poor Mitch loses one. his voice. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, Mitch is like, that, 4, 3. Never got to 1. I yeah, can't. never got to 1. Everybody's like listening to 1. 1. <laughs> People that are not watching the video, they're listening on the audio and they're like, did you say one? <laughs> Rewind. Uh, no, I mean, she's at the end, she's in the cabin, she's reading the dark hold, which, you know, and, and it's like, I think that what's going to happen is I don't think there's a possibility for a second season because it, this is just my theory, but I think she's probably one of the villains in the Doctor Strange movie because of what she's getting ready to do. I mean, she oh, I was going to say that the rest of that story will unfold in the Doctor Strange, next Doctor Strange film. So there's really yeah. probably, like to your point, there's probably not a need for a, a second season. 
all I can say is just if you haven't seen Loki <laughs> number two, the episode two, go watch it. You'll see what I mean. Um, it, it's it's they're they're tying up all those loose ends on streaming, which is why I'm like I'm not sure you're going to even see a season two of Loki, or you'll see a season two of uh, of any of these. Uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of why I'm like really curious because of how they're they're kind of weaving the story. And this is what Marvel does; they do a really good job of weaving this tapestry. And at the end, you kind of look at it and go, oh. Like that's a that's a really impressive thing to do. Um, so anyway. yeah. just, all I ask, just bring Daredevil back. Daredevil <laughs> was the best. Was the best of the Netflix Marvel shows. It was just that's it was so on point. I, well, next time next time we do this, guys, we need to have a drinking game. Um, and every time Mitch says Daredevil, we take a shot. Yep. <laughs> we got yeah, we got it. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'll go ahead and wrap us up and close us out because can I say something really quick about Marvel? (laughs) Oh, and I have I actually have a Twitter account recommendation for you guys. Um, I'll say that first. And they reached out to me personally because Semrush, we actually found them, and then they reached out to me personally. And um they are Star Wars SEO memes. <laughs> I saw that. I followed that it. Is, so he messaged me on, oh, I'm sorry, I'm assuming it was a he, um, messaged me on Twitter and I immediately said, do you know the nerd brand? <laughs> because <laughs> right up their alley. And he was like, no, I'm going to go follow them right now. So I I recommended him to you, you guys to him and you guys should follow him as well because mm-hmm. we've, we've had a lot of, some rush, we've had yeah. a lot of fun with their um, Star Wars themed SEO memes. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, that did that follow was, him back. I saw that. The you're welcome. That's the, that's the that's my pro tip for today. <laughs> this is this is why we have you on the show. Yeah. <laughs> my Twitter <Really>? connections. <laughs> but yeah. I was going to say about Marvel though too is sometimes Marvel. So I'm not I'm not ingrained in the Marvel universe. I I pick it up here and there and and I, you know I watch um, when I can. So for someone like me, it's actually quite difficult in the stories that they weave together, where some of it is told in the movie and then some of it is told here mm-hmm. and characters here over there and over there because I'm not always so it actually makes it quite overwhelming for someone who's a casual um watcher and you know there's a lot of things like I mean like Harry Potter I watched and read everything right so I I can pick up easter eggs and I know where this is funny and but I and I miss that with Marvel because I want to like pick up on those things on Marvel but I just don't have the time to like watch like catch up I feel like I'm too far behind now too so I'm just Uh, a casual viewer (laughs) It's never too late. It's never too late. And part part of the issue with with Marvel is it's different than say Harry Potter is the Marvel universe is so big and yes, it goes back. Their 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 history goes back so far and there's I mean they've just scratched the stir, scratched the surface as far as what they've got as far as the storytelling they can do. They've got decades of mater- decades of material. Which, how genius is that of a business idea? Like whoever whoever came up with this like was it the ultimate business and storytelling genius in one? Kevin yeah. Feige. Kevin Feige, yeah. And, there you uh, go. Kudos guy. to you, Kevin. Good yeah. job. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, I get the, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah, if you missed out on a couple oh, yeah. of the movies prior to Endgame, you know, the even the series, what you might be watching that and be like, why is that a significant thing? It might be a little yeah. difficult. But, um, you know, I think that's something they're trying to watch very carefully. Uh, you know, because I mean, you really don't need to know Doctor Strange's origin story to figure out 
that character or to see him in the Avengers movie or probably even the sequel. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the nice thing is getting away from that origin story and the why from that within those narratives, I think probably benefited them a lot. It's a shame though, because I'm a DC guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. And I just, you know, I'm like, you told me Aquaman too. And I'm like, yeah, but you know, if we said it, but that's the, we've already had the first one. Did we not say enough already? You know, that's that, kind of how the, I feel. That was, that was probably one of the best things they've done in the last three or four years, which, which I, I, on a DC scale, I'd give it like three and a half, four stars on a Marvel scale. I'd give it two and a half to three stars. I mean, that's when it, when that tells you that's the best they have, that's the best they can do at this point. It's like, well, okay. If you say so. They got to make up for Wonder Woman too. They got to make up for Wonder Woman 1984 because we all know how that went. That's a Tweety Bird and Sylvester ending there on that movie. That's all I saw. Uh, I, well, it was. I mean, if anybody, you know, if you hear on here have seen the ending of Wonder Woman too, you'll you'll get what I mean by that reference with Sylvester and Tweety Bird because that's exactly what played out. Um, a cat and a bird fight. <laughs> well, we're not being nice anymore. No, we're not. This part probably won't make it into the show. <laughs> Anytime I start trashing on DC, I'm like, yeah, can't say that because, you know, somebody said something and then Walt Disney World peaked at John's profile. And I'm like, eh, it's probably because we put Han Solo's gun on the site, but we bought that. <laughs> we bought that graphic, you know, we can, with our license. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you paid your royalties. Sir. <laughs> yeah, we paid our royalties, exactly. But I knew that that's yeah. probably what it was. Don't uh, make the mouse attorneys come after you. Yeah, they can't. rabid. Yeah, just don't give them any excuse. Never want to meet a Disney lawyer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was a podcast. There was a, a not a podcast. There was a YouTuber recently that did a show, and he talked about Disney, and he put up a thing really quickly. It was called Film Theory. Film Theory. That's who it is. So if you've not heard of Film Theory or watched any of his stuff, go check that out on YouTube. Um, but yeah, he was like, Disney, please don't sue me because I'm using the mouse. Because he was using the mouse and talking about common like. You know, it's coming up for um, Batman and Superman to be in public domain. And so... Oh, the copyright's running out, yeah. Yeah. And Mickey Mouse, they tried to... They, 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 they keep preventing that, and they wrote some sort of legislation. They went and took it that far to write legislation to say that it's in almost, almost perpetual uh, under license, copyright. which you can't yeah. do. So the judge looked at it and they said they wanted to do kind of an infinity license on that so they can never be in public domain with Mickey Mouse and all the characters. And they were like, you can't do that. And they said, okay, fine, infinity minus one day. That's true. They actually pitched that. Infinity, infinity minus, minus one, one, day. one day. So that they could say that technically there is an ending. And the judge was like, no. <laughs> so, not understand what infinity is. <laughs> yeah. So Mickey Mouse is coming up for uh, public domain as well. Oh, interesting. So it, yeah, I think it's in 2023. So, we should buy it. Oh, should. God, no. I mean, I, I remember when Apple lost their minds when people got iMe or me.com and all those domains and started running after everything with an I in front of it, and um, which, yeah, we own iNerd brand. <laughs> I don't think anybody's going to care, though. Um, but, yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. You know, you're going to have that fight coming up. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting couple of years with copyrights and trademarks. Uh, they'll expire. 
Maybe that's that's going to be fascinating for brands, for brand nerds like us. So oh, it yes. is. Yes, that, that's true. Uh, yeah, because we're pushed because every time we, like I said, we started the show with talking about copyrights. Did you look it up? Did you see if somebody's using it already? <laughs> so anyways, we want to thank you, Diana, for being on the show with us and coming back, hanging out, talking to us about all kinds of things that if you're listening at this point in the podcast, uh, there's a lot of stuff that I did have to cut out because we mentioned stuff that we just don't want people to know, but it's all nice things. It's <laughs> really terrible. So, uh, but uh, yeah, we really appreciate having you on the show. Uh, you're uh, just an absolute joy to hang out with and talk and, uh, you know, uh, tell the people where they can find you just in case they missed it on the first episode with us. Yeah, no problem. So you can find Sumrush all over uh, social media, including TikTok. We are on TikTok now. <laughs> and we are Sumrush across the board. Um, we, we actually just had, I don't know when this is going to air, so I, I won't date this, but we just recently launched a whole new um, re-engineering of our backlinks uh, analytics tool suite. It's all five tools in one. It's pretty spectacular if you are in the backlinking part of your SEO journey. Um, I am on LinkedIn and Twitter. You can just LinkedIn my search. I was going to say Google my name on LinkedIn, but that didn't make sense. So you can LinkedIn my name, Diana Richardson. I have a wine glass next to my name and I am Diana Rich 13 on Twitter. Yep. And then to kind of shamelessly plug ourselves, you can go to nerdbrandagency.com slash podcast, check out this episode of the podcast and go to YouTube, like, subscribe, click the bell, get the latest uh, episode, <laughs> notification, do the YouTube things, guys out there and gals, just do those things for us. Uh, we would love to get um, a, a vanity Earl. We're still trying to get that. We're just, we're young, we're new, we've only been there for a year and a half. So, you know, uh, but you can also probably go to nerdbrandagency.com slash sumrush if we can do that. And then, uh, you can actually uh, get you get you an account with them and check out this new tool and you know and then call John or talk email because <laughs> to Diana yeah and then you know because then <laughs> yeah or talk yeah, to the then, person who works at Sunrush yeah that's then, right exactly <laughs> yeah all the introductions will happen and you'll 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 actually have a real SEO search engine marketing plan going so that's kind of what we want to help you with so. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening to the show. Thank you, Diana, for being with us. And we'll tell everybody out there, remember, keep your nerve brain strong. <laughs>